Well, good evening. I'd like to look at this gospel together. This is a gospel that we always hear during Lent, and it's a gospel that's important to help us kind of understand a little bit what is Lent about? Why do we have a Lent? What's the purpose of Lent? Like, Lent is a very <coughs> counterintuitive season, meaning, it, it, like, why would you go, when you have sufficiency, when you have things, when you have a food or a, a shelter or clothing, or you have what you need and you seem to be comfortable and happy and you seem to have all the things you need at your fingertips, why would you go to the desert? And give all that up. Why would you go from comfort to, or, or from a place where you can have water to a place where there's no water? Why would you go from a place where there's food to a place where there's no food? And this is, therein lies only those who get that are going to understand the, the heart of our faith. Because the bottom line is, God calls the whole church today in, in this Lent. We as a whole church are going into this 40 days of, of, of detox or 40 days into the desert, 40 days um, where we withdraw from some of the good things of life, some of the pleasures of life, um, some of the things that we're maybe used to having at our fingertips. We're giving some of those things up. And so what's the reason for that? What's the purpose? And well, to understand, you have to kind of think about it. You know, what is in the desert? Not much. So what's the point of going to the desert? It's simplifying our life. And when you're in the desert, you're not really worried about your next text. You're worried about staying alive. And so in the desert, you and I get in touch or we, we, we rediscover our fundamental need we rediscover that which we might have lost by the distractions and diversions that food or drink or, or entertainment um, or life in general has, has uh, diverted us. So when you're in the desert, you're thinking of the fundamentals, the very basics, food and water, shelter. If you don't have those things, you die. So in the, in the figurative sense, in the spiritual sense, we're going into the desert as a church for 40 days. Why are we there? We're going into the desert to, to rediscover that fundamental need. And Jesus is doing that today. And notice it says in the scripture that it wasn't the devil that pushed the Lord into the desert. It says here that the Spirit drove Jesus into the desert. And the actual Greek for that is like it was, he, was, he was pushed, he was like driven into the desert. And now remember, Jesus' time in the desert is preparing him for what's coming after the desert, which is fidelity to his mission. And so you and I need the desert if we're going to be faithful to our mission. Okay? And so what is our mission? To imitate him, to live him, to reveal him to share Him through our minds, through our bodies, through our spirits, through the way we use our talents, the way we use our treasures, the way we use our time. We're called to give Christ to the world 
through our bodies, through our minds, through our time, through our talent, through our treasure. But to do that, we need to know who we are and we need to know how we're loved. And so we go into the desert and we start getting in touch with our fundamental needs. See, when you don't have your potato chip bag to run to, what are you going to do? You don't have your cigarette, what are you going to do? You don't have your drink, your soda, you just can't go to the fridge, oh, I'm going to get a soda. Can't do that, what are you going to do? You know, you can't pop your popcorn, I don't know what you gave up, like, you know, you can't have your, your steak or you can't have your, your, your candy bars or your cookies. When we're giving up those things, which in and of themselves aren't evil, but we give them up because often we lean on them, we lean on them and substitute God for those things. Like we, we choose those things rather than God. And when we do that, what happens? When we're in our mission, when we're out in the mission, living out our marriage perhaps, let's say, and I haven't really been through the desert training that I need, I'm going to be really weak when it comes to having to deny myself and keep my mouth shut when my spouse maybe says something and I want to fight back or say something. I got to keep my mouth shut. Well, I'm not going to keep my mouth shut if I haven't worked on that desert training. So we're going into the desert for a reason. Now listen, I want to look at these, these temptations briefly that the Lord experienced because we, we experience the same temptations. He says here, the first temptation, if you are the son of God, command this stone to become bread. So this first temptation has to do with, with pleasures. And the remedy to that first temptation is fasting. We often talk about like, fasting, almsgiving, prayer, right? The three things, prayer, fast, fasting, and almsgiving. That's the three things we're supposed to be working on during Lent. The first one is uh, fasting. Like Jesus is giving up bread. He could change this, this stone into bread if he wants, but he's not going to do it because he knows he needs to train so that he can be faithful to his mission. And so what does he say to the devil? Because the devil does the same thing to us, like, ah, you know, why don't you watch this television show? But deep inside, you know, maybe I could spend a little bit of time in the evening and come to the Adoration Chapel, but uh, my favorite television show's on. Like, you and I have the power to tap into the pleasure or maybe give it up, go to the desert, go to the Adoration Chapel and actually start connecting in a deeper way, then when I leave that chapel and I go back home, maybe tomorrow something challenging happens to me and I've trained, so now I'm ready for the battle. The desert's a place of spiritual warfare. The desert's a place where we train as foot soldiers for the kingdom of God. We become disciples in the desert. We become people that are ready, battle ready. And so, the battle is always against compromising love. You know, if I don't keep my mouth shut, I could hurt someone. 
or they could hurt me. You know, if I, if I can't turn off the television, I'm probably not free from the television. If I can't stop eating potato chips or having my food or my drink or whatever it is that we struggle with, maybe controlling ourselves, then I'm not free. So I need some desert training. I need some desert detox. I need some help. I need to be, be able to let go of those things. And remember, when you're in the desert, don't be surprised if you have some withdrawal symptoms. You're going to go through some withdrawal when you give up your chips. You know, no one else is watching. What are you going to do when you're hungry for them? Or, you know, you give up your hamburger, I don't know, your french fries, whatever you like to eat. You give up some food. Or you give up a favorite television show program. Or perhaps you give up a, a Facebook or, or Twitter. Or you give up Instagram. You give up something that's diverting you from becoming deeper and more substantial in your interior life. Something that's pulling you away from the rich interior life that you could have if you gave that up. Something that's keeping you on the shallow, but God wants to call you deep sea fishing. But we're, we're staying up here, real shallow. God's like, I want you to go deep with me. Will you come with me? Come to the deep waters? Okay, so Jesus says what? He responds with, you know, if you're the son of God, change this bread, the stone into bread. Jesus says, one does not live on bread alone. So the first temptation is again against pleasure. If you think of a, a hedonistic, a very sensualistic culture or lifestyle that we might lead, I'm going to give that up. Not because it's bad. Pleasure is not bad. I'm giving it up because if I can't do without it, most likely I won't do well with it. Remember that. If you can't do well without it, most likely you're not going to be successful with it. If you can't do well without a phone, you probably won't do well with one. It'll destroy you. Pornography is destroying many people right now. If you can't do well with this thing, you probably, or without it, you're not going to do well with it. Because see, you, you're not a master of your passions yet. This thing's leading you to hell perhaps. But I don't want to put it down and give it up because I got to have my hit. My, my, I need my high. It's like a drug. Okay? So we got to pull away from sensual pleasures, not because they're bad, but because we got to learn to do without them so that when they do come, we'll be able to use them properly. We're not slaves to our passions and desires. That's what the animals, animal, you throw, if, I, if there was a dog here, unless it was trained really well, I threw a stake down, I guarantee it'd come up and tear it up. We're not dogs, we're not cats, we're not animals. We have an intellect and a will. We can choose to give up that steak even if it's there and I'm really hungry. Jesus was, it says here, I would say the understatement of the year is this line in the scriptures. You know, it says he ate nothing during those days and when he, when their 40 days were over, he was hungry. Oh, I would think so, huh? After 40 days, you're going to be hungry. But Jesus didn't, didn't give in. He didn't give in. He had a great mission ahead of him, just as you and I do. Okay, briefly, the second temptation here is the devil says to him, he took him up and showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a single instant. The devil said to him, I shall give you all the power and glory. And Jesus said, you shall worship the Lord your God and him alone shall you serve. Second temptation, first was on pleasure, a sensualistic lifestyle, meaning 
instead of God being the center, I make whatever's going to bring me comfort and pleasure the center of my life. So that's why we give those things up that maybe bring us comfort. We give them up because we want to put them in the right place. God's number one, not my potato chips, huh? God's number one, not the food or my favorite television program. God's number one. Okay, second one is on power and glory. Power and glory. What's the, the, so fasting comes against sensual pleasure temptations. What comes against a temptation for power and glory? Serve others. We call this almsgiving. I give alms. I give up my treasures to give to another. I don't want to be the center focus of attention. I want to serve another brother or sister in Christ. Going to the soup kitchens, going to the shelters. You know, perhaps once a month you and your family could go to a shelter and serve the poor or some way getting involved here with the Vincent DePaul Society. Whatever it be, there's ways of almsgiving. Maybe throwing a little bit of extra in at the collections for whatever the need be. Whatever it be. Or giving to Catholic charities or some, some way of serving the poor. There's those rice bowls out there on the back. It's a great way to foster that almsgiving, okay? Maybe God's calling me to be very hidden. And no one ever knows about anything that I ever do. Am I okay with that? So if I'm not okay with not having power and glory, God forbid if I do have power and glory. I'll destroy myself and a lot of other people in the process. You know, I had a friend who worked with, um, just knew a few NFL players. And one of the things that she said is a lot of times NFL players they get they get this high off being recognized a lot and it's hard for them to retire because when they retire they're not going to get all that fame and glory anymore and we all have that in some way like we're used to getting our hit off the we're getting high off recognition like I'm good we get the pats on the back or whatever so serving others going to the soup kitchen nobody knows about that why would I want to do that why would I come and sit in an adoration chapel I got so many things to do you see it's getting, it's, it's detoxing. If I'm not okay being alone, I'm not going to be a good servant when I'm with people. Because people don't define me. God defines me. But if I don't know God defines me and I start hanging out with a lot of people, I'm going to just manipulate and use all the people in my life because I'm trying to get affection, I'm trying to get pleasure, I'm trying to get recognition, I'm trying to get applause, I'm trying to, somebody tell me that I'm special. A lot of the temptations, right, our teens face today. Look at the young people. You know, the, the, the commercials, especially the young girls. If I don't wear this, all the girls at school are wearing this, so I need to wear this. Because I want to fit in. I want to be recognized. I want to be special. Or the boys as well. Like whatever it be. Temptation. Okay, the third temptation Jesus faces has to do with the ego. The devil took him to the parapet of the temple and put him on the very top. The temple, you have to understand, is the center of the Israelite and Jewish life. So Jesus is on the top of the temple. And the devil's basically saying to him, you're number one. You're number one. You're the center and everything revolves around you. You can serve yourself. You can do what you want. You can decide what you want. It's I, 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 the ego, I. Sin has the big letter I right in the middle of it, I. There's no thought of others. There's no thought of the Father. There's no thought of the Holy Spirit. There's no thought of my neighbor or my enemy. I, I, I. That's the center 
the ego, the selfish sinfulness. So the desert's a way to detox from the I. And what do we do? Pray. Is the focus goes from I to God. So fasting comes against sensualistic, hedonistic temptations to make food, drink, and sex what they're not. Almsgiving comes against the, the misuse and abuse of power and glory by actually being a servant of my brothers and sisters. And prayer comes against making self God and letting God be God. So deepening your prayer, your fasting, and your almsgiving is the desert experience. And you come out of that ready to live your marriage, your family, your life, your co-workers, your family, whatever your workspace is, whatever you do is a discipline in life, whatever. But you, you, you serve that. You're more of a servant of the Lord. So as we continue Mass, as we enter into this Lent, we're only in the first week of Lent, you know, kind of maybe get, gather your thoughts in your hearts. What, what Lord, are you asking of me? And like I always say, just make one degree of change. Just something small in each one. A little bit more prayer, a little more fasting, a little more almsgiving. And don't be afraid of the withdraw symptoms. I don't know if I can handle that. God will be with you. And so again, we have a lot of opportunities here during Lent. Plug into God's invitation. You know, read that little book we passed out, the Rediscover Jesus book. Read a chapter a day. Read, read a page a day. Come to the Adoration Chapel. Those sign-ups are still in the back there. You know, and just because their space is filled, I like to always remind, just because their space is filled in our chapel, don't mean you still can't sign up and come and come to an hour that fits you best. So as we continue a Mass, let's just ask the Holy Spirit to give us humility. Not be afraid of the challenge. Because God wants the best and He will bring the best out of us.